0: Before we get into today's podcast with Hugh Williams, we gotta bring up some important dates and a couple really cool reminders. So first we gotta note this, we've been getting such fantastic feedback on our workshops. It's just really encouraging. We, we do believe that at the Good Athlete Project, we have a method that is deeply embedded in the research and delivered in exciting and refreshing ways, but it is always good to hear on the back end of our interaction with people just how, for lack of better terms, grateful they are to have been part of our experience. So thank you to all of all those who have reached out, athletes and coaches in the few in the you know the preceding weeks and we look forward to doing more of this work. On that note We are going down to the south side of Chicago again this weekend for for some tutoring. Most notably, and probably most importantly, for the local people especially, we've got two big events coming up. The first is on January 31st, where we've got a fundraiser at Valley Lodge in Wilmette, Illinois. I think it's important to remember that the Good Athlete Project is a nonprofit organization. Most of the work we do, we don't receive any kind of compensation for. In fact, those of us who work with the project, empty our pockets and sometimes bank accounts, is that fair? That's fair. To make this stuff happen, we're just so damn passionate about it. So any contribution would certainly be greatly, greatly appreciated. You're gonna have the opportunity to put your name on some of our initiatives. We have a scholarship that we give to athletes down in Haiti. So basketball players in Haiti who have demonstrated both academic and athletic commitment to excellence in, in both of those categories. So there will be a scholarship named after you you know, with certain parameters, which we'll talk about on the, na- the night of, that would be really cool. And what else have we got? I know we've got our powerlifting award. So every year, annually, we give out the Good Lifter of the Year award, which recognizes a powerlifting athlete who uh, has committed to athletic excellence, competitive excellence, and sincere commitment to community. So someone who's able to balance all of those things. So, yeah, you could have your name on that award as well. It could be, again, I'm putting you on the spot here, the Alex Nadolna. Good Lifter of the Year Award, which is given out at the state meet for the Illinois High School Powerlifting Association uh, in May of each year. So anyway, uh, tons of cool opportunities to get involved and get your name on what we are doing. Really kind of not only support the project, but really get yourself into the fold of the project. So that's January 31. The other one is we've got a powerlifting meet coming up on February 9th. If you are a competitor, I highly urge you to reach out to us at coach for kindness that's on Instagram or Twitter, and there is a registration link in the bio of each of those, I believe, but sign up. There's no registration deadline. Obviously, we need to know how many people um, are going to be there, so the earlier you sign up, the better. That'll help us sort of streamline the day by making sure we've got enough food, drink, referees, volunteers on hand. But If you're interested, we want to have you, we really do believe that strength and conditioning is one of the elite platforms for character education and all sorts of education, if it's done correctly. And at these powerlifting meets, like the one coming up on February 9, we put all of that on display. We create a culture that is completely welcoming, Uh, it's intense and it's fun and we got people hitting PRs and cheering and yelling and all that good stuff but we do it the right way. We help people frame and develop a healthy relationship to competition. They're really fun events to be a part of, Uh, no experience required. If you've ever thought about dabbling in powerlifting but don't want to commit to a big national or regional meet, this is the sort of meet for you. A lot of our lifters will be college athletes or or just gym goers who really want to give this a shot. So lots of fun, reach out to us about February 9th. Welcome to the Good Athlete Podcast, the voice of the Good Athlete Project. All right, so Hugh Williams needs no introduction if you listened to the previous time he was on the podcast. So I guess my recommendation would be double back to his previous episode, which is way, way back. It's episode four. Uh, We had a great time talking to him then. We always do, he's a great guy. But the short version is this. The guy was a captain at Northwestern University it took a lot of the lessons he learned through being a Big Ten athlete and applied them to business, relationships, etc. The success he is achieving now has a lot to do with what he was able to achieve and learn as an athlete. Tune in to hear from great guy, our friend, always fun to talk to, Hugh Williams. We don't want to crowdsource every decision.
1: You know what well, I'm we're saying? we're not democratic. Need... We're a republic, though.
0: Fair enough. I, I, I'm saying I'm, I'm right. the concept of a democracy. I'm all for it. But crowdsourcing, like, everyone within the system, like, a crowdsourcing yeah. information from everyone equally without weighing the input is not is not a wise That's choice. True, <clears throat> yeah. yeah. There was this, uh, and the reason that I'm going to tie this together to kind of the conversation we were having before is there was this, in research, I'm writing an article on uh, the neuroscience of why so many people dislike Tim Tebow, when, oh. from some perspective, like, from, <laughs> and, and I'd actually, that'll be good, that'll be I good. almost, I almost wanted, well, I'll, I'll say this, already, but it's like, um, in, in a lot, if you had to come up with a list of things that you'd want in a teammate, Right. you'd probably list all, a lot of his qualities, but there are certain things that rub one, he's, he rubs people the wrong way, and we won't go down that road necessarily right now, or, right. or we could in a second, right. but, the, in, in researching that, I came across this article, and, Tim Tebow was on a Delta flight and a woman's husband had a heart attack and the guy ended up dying and he sat and comforted the family. And the the woman was like, has her arm around him. She was so grateful for his comfort in this like incredible time. He's kind of an interesting guy. Anyway, that is an interesting moment on its own, but the, the, the people chiming in was the most interesting. So by the calculations of whoever wrote this article, it was like 55, 60%. That's kind of amazing. This guy would step up and right. would make most people feel so uncomfortable, or right. wouldn't know how to act, whatever. But then, a, a good forty-five to fifty-five percent, or, or to, to forty to forty-five percent, were just just blasting him. Like, who does he think he is? Get out of the way. Let the ambulance come in. I want to vomit. These are direct quotes. Oh, that's like, terrible. you know what I mean? So, so there does need to be some weight to that opinion. We do get more, we get more people chiming in. But there's no filter. The filter, like you said, we were just talking about fake Twitter accounts, what are you, burner Twitter accounts. Mm-hmm. Like there's no the filter is you have to have a an email address, and email addresses are free. Oh yeah, yeah. So
2: possible. It's
0: interesting.
1: Neuroscience of Tim Tebow. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling, it's pretty interesting.
0: It's pretty. You want a quick rundown? Please. Here's I'm what so I think. Fired so, up about so this. there's two. I, I'm doing a little survey. Right. To kind of prove this concept in numbers if possible instead of just being like hey i i feel like i've heard this before but the survey is essentially going to show and at least so far has been holding up that there is a difference between um how much you like tim tebow as a person how much versus how much you like tim tebow as an athlete Mm -hmm. and then at the end of this survey whether or not you would play a player over Tim Tebow in the Mets organization. He's playing baseball now. Sure. So it's set up in a way that's like, sure. give us some rankings, give us some descriptive words, et cetera, right. et cetera, et cetera. At the end, it's a description of this player in the organization. Right. Like the, the sneaky punchline that people don't know and is that the description is of Tim Tebow. So people, if there is a big enough divide, it's like I rank him, this is a hypothetical, but right. I think it's it's like if I rank him a four out of 10 as a person, right. seven out of 10 as an athlete, right? Um, and then you describe him without naming him right. and people are like no play that guy instead you know what I mean it's like yeah, yeah, his yeah. qualities so so then it just starts the, okay so why uh one
1: is it's we just start qualitative the, reasons why they should play him right I mean it's got nothing to do with his performance
0: it exactly right okay It All only right. describe it's I think it's a strong humble hard-working player in the Mets organization and then it mm-hmm. gives a quote from actually an urban Meyer quote from when he was at Right you know, and his coach sure. says this about him. Right, would you play him over Tim Tebow? And people are like, Oh, hell yeah! If if their as a person level is low enough, you know what I mean. Right. Um. So it's like why? I, so the question is why. First of all, we punish oftentimes based on how we feel about an act, and there's some recent stuff that's come out about like uh, the shifting of activation from the prefrontal cortex, like in the logic you know, the discerning regions of the brain to the amygdala and, and uh, the insula and the more emotion-based regions of the brain in the presence of certain sorts of decision-making. So, right. like, the first thing is, even though we think we're being super logical because we're human beings, like, we are doing most of what... A lot of what we do, especially when it comes to, like, dueling out punishment or opinion, is based on emotion. The other one... I, be, I believe that. Yeah. And, and I right. think if we had to be honest with ourselves, you know, they, they didn't have the... You know, they didn't have, like, freaking. They didn't have Supreme Court justices in the fMRI. That right. t- it's just regular people in this experiment. Sure. Um, so the um, the next experiment was, uh, okay, so we're all sitting at this table. It was at University of Nottingham. We would all get tokens, and the rules of the game are this. you, If you keep it, it's yours, tokens. If you contribute to the communal pot, there's a small multiplier, and then the pot is redistributed among the people. right. So you play the game however you want. Best case scenario, you keep all your tokens and everyone else gives all. Right. You know what I mean? That's how you end up with the most tokens. Sure. Worst case scenario, you put all in uh, and nobody else contributes. Right. Um, the kind of the, the next part of that was you can also punish. So you can publish, punish other people. Uh, and what they found was people were punishing people for two reasons. One was not contributing enough to the communal pot right which seemed fairly obvious the other one and maybe what a lot of this is based off of the punchline is people were getting punished for contributing too much and the interpretation was essentially by you contributing so much to the communal pot you're making me feel uncomfortable about the standard that i'm expected now to uphold so i think there might be this combination of things going on <laughs> and in the tim tebow thing it's like does it? Do we feel? You know, kind of putting the two studies together. Do we feel like he? We are uh, like that. We don't meet this standard in certain ways. And I don't know that the answer is yes or no. I just think it's worth asking ourselves that question. We're like, no, nah, we he shouldn't play. I wonder what
1: Tim Tebow's teammates thought of him because that would be the yeah. interesting thing. Yeah.
0: Right. Yeah, that's a good question. You know, have you heard about that?
2: I have not heard anything. Uh, certainly not about the… Because
1: you one, there there there's one thing I know. Yeah. Right? I so I heard Urban Meyer say this once that he was talking about the Florida team when Tebow was there, mm-hmm. and he said, oh, you know what? We'll probably win six games because we have, you know, because Florida, yeah, yeah, because we're we got great athletes. Mm-hmm. We'll win one game because of coaching. We'll win two games because of, you know." Home field advantage. Some, something. Who knows, yeah. And then he said, and at the end he said, hey, you know, and we've got the two best athletes in America playing quarterback, right? And that was when he had Tebow. Uh, and Chris Leak? No. No, no, no. He had uh, the big kid, uh, the MVP, um, Cam Newton, right? Oh, oh yeah. wow. Yeah, forgot Bef- forgot yeah before that. Cam Newton got kind of right. kicked out of school, right? Yeah. And so my thought is... That's why I'd be interested to hear what, is, what Tebow's teammates thought of him. Granted, I mean, Florida had tremendous success. Mm-hmm. But a, an MVP NFL talent, and we've all been on teams, mm-hmm. right? There's a real big difference between the guy who's an MVP yeah. talent and the guy who's just really good. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just that's right, a fact. That and is. that guy who's really good... Yeah, the day he steps on campus, the coach knows he might play on Sunday. Yeah, right. I mean, that's right, that's right. And, and so, and I've been on teams where there have been guys who thought the starter, at whatever position, didn't deserve to start. Really? So, so oh, I'm sure. Yeah. And by the way, Urban Meyer, not without controversy, Right yeah I mean, yeah not without controversy but so I'd just be interested to find out what his guys thought what about. his yeah, teammates yeah, yeah. thought about it that's true that yeah
0: there's so many components to this uh I, I I bet there I bet it was pretty I bet I could imagine it being split don't you think some people for maybe for that reason because half the guys are trying to live the college life and don't wanna don't want that held up in front of them necessarily half of them. You, you think, yeah, probably more than that. I probably would
1: say that. that there are from a social perspective. Three guys on Florida's team that live who the Tebow, live the Tebow, yeah, yeah, yeah. And or the life Tebow. that we were told about Tebow. I mean, because right, you know what? Like, I'm right. a total skeptic, man. I yeah. don't believe anything anyone tells me. I'm with you. And nothing,
0: it, nothing on this flat Earth can really be believed fully, yeah, right?
1: You just, you just have no idea, yeah, right? And so,
2: gravity is just a theory. right. <laughs> <laughs> you know. All right. So yeah. So you found a quote from one of his teammates. Yeah, one of his uh, minor league teammates on the Port St. Lucie Mets, Patrick Mazika. I apologize if I'm messing that up. He's a catcher. Said he's one of the hardest workers I've seen, and it motivates you. You want to be a better person, better player, everything. Like- I think it. De- okay. So with everything, it, I think it depends on the uh, the
0: state of the re- of the receiver. Also, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? If you are a 20-something guy trying to someday with these dreams of making the major leagues You're pro- and you're willing to grind it out and go on buses right. and stay in crummy hotels and all that kind of stuff, He's pr- that's probably exactly what you're looking for. Yeah. If you are uh, coming off a, a U.S. Army All-America campaign as a senior in high school and you're going down to Florida to be a college guy and be away from your parents for the first time, maybe that's not the message and, you're looking for. And by for, the way, you know?
1: that lifestyle, yeah. when you're the 19-year-old Freshman or sophomore at the University of Florida. Yeah. How do you go to your games? Uh, it's a private jet. Mm-hmm. You get a police escort. Right. right. You stay in a hotel the night before the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There are thousands of fans that yeah. line the sidewalk as you walk to the yeah. stadium. It's a lot different a lot than different a 25 than year old yeah. who, by the way, his career is probably over. You know what <laughs> mean? You're playing minor league baseball when you're. Twenty five, twenty seven. What,
0: what is the what do you think the cap is for that? If you don't get called up by when
2: That's a good I would probably say probably 27, 28. If you haven't yep. seen a major yeah. league field, you're probably not going to. Really. Unless a lot of people get injured. But like right. I think most the vast majority of, of minor league players will never play an inning. Yeah.
1: For sure. Game no, game that's right. right. Not
2: one. The the vast majority. Yeah for which sure. Which is crazy. And the the other thing,
0: um, which makes what they do that much more respectful in my Yeah, opinion. I mean that you're chasing <laughs> the dream. You're not into it.
1: He's very outcome <laughs> no, no, oriented. No, no, no. I'm not outcome oriented. It's Dummy. just it's just Okay, there are so many baseball players in the world, right? First yeah. of all, as we talked about earlier, I think baseball is unbelievably boring. I mean, Fair. I <laughs> it's on can I can't think of anything <laughs> I, I wouldn't want to do yeah, less, yeah. right? Yeah. And then <laughs> And then I think, okay, all right. You got all these guys who are playing this game. And Alex, did you play football in college? Yeah, I did. So people always say to me, well, Hugh, didn't you want to play in the NFL? And I say, of course I wanted to play in the NFL until I came across the guy who was three inches taller and right. two tenths of a second faster right. and he benched a hundred pounds more than me. Yeah. I mean, that's right. when I knew that guess what? I'm not playing on this Sunday. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? And so, baseball to me, I don't know what the dream is that they're selling. Maybe it's Americana. I, don't, I have no idea. I think that's part of it. Yeah. But, uh, at some point, you gotta know that you're not going. But I guess it's yeah. like telling the actor, don't move to LA. That's right. And that, it's similar
0: to that. I don't know I, I don't know either maybe you' you're probably address, addressing something that I need to look into and be able to speak yeah. to because I'm telling you I have felt that pull before so like I, don't, I may have told you guys this before but I um, I was in my third season post college playing in uh, Valencia Spain right you know and having a blast and living a different kind of life and, and, and really enjoying myself and I watched the movie The Wrestler. remember that movie? Yeah. You know, you know the one? With uh, Mickey Rourke. Mickey With Rourke. Mickey Rourke. Yeah. And he, and the Ram, you know? Yeah. And I guess, spoiler alert, you got to say stuff like that. <laughs> I don't know. But if you it's seen, been 10 years. If you have it. If you haven't seen it. If you haven't, <laughs> if you haven't seen seen The Wrestler, <laughs> and you got, uh, it's probably out on DVD by now <laughs> <laughs> Or My VHS. VHS. Yeah. I'm joking. No, it's not a VHS. Blu-ray. Blu-ray all the way. Blu-ray. That's yeah. right. We'll find but that. this guy, yeah. there, there was, it is this such a, I thought it was such a, a cool portrait of this guy who he's freaking living in a van. Obviously just recalling glory days all the time. So there's this like kind of sad, there's a very sad element to the story, but he goes out like he, he takes one last, he like doing this thing and takes one last jump off the, you know, he, and he, and he, and he he dies in the ring. Um, and it's so poetic when we think of like the modern gladiator, that's like the poetic end in that way. Uh, I'm not saying it's right. I don't think the same way now. I'm just saying that there was a time in my life sitting on a couch in Valencia sure. with the playoffs on the horizon, right. watching Mickey Rourke leap off the ropes. we like, if I can get contracts into my 40s, maybe this is that for me. could be me. <laughs> I'm serious. Wait, but but you're to- saying
1: if you could get contracts in your 40s playing football in Valencia, yeah. hanging out. Right. I mean, I yeah. played in France, right? So That's right. Yeah, we, yeah. Had, we had a quarterback from Tulsa. That guy played... Forever Did in it. France, but well, he just loved that. Right. Just loved that lifestyle, and he loved yeah. so. Again, and maybe you do love that lifestyle, and maybe you do want to be a minor league baseball player for the rest of your life, which is, by the way, cool. I mean, if that's what you, if want, that's what you want right. to do, if you're not, I see what you're saying. So as long
0: as you're not. Thirty-eight and under the delusion that you still got a couple more.
1: Like facts I'm gonna get called up. It's coming. Right, right, right. That's all I'm saying.
2: Then what do you make of something like I don't know if you guys saw the thirty for thirty on um and this may be totally unrelated <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Rick Flair. Did Woo! You see it? Yeah, I like haven't seen one. it. I haven't seen it. The fabulous. I'm someone would give us a. <laughs> yeah um what did you so it basically went through his whole career and he was kind of he like you want to talk about the trajectory of the Mm. story of the wrestler very much so kind of his but at the same time you're talking about a guy that was like you couldn't get bigger than Ric flair at one point wrestling he was the biggest name but then stayed way past everybody else like you know he was i think
1: now i gotta watch this you gotta gotta see it you gotta gotta check it it
2: out and it's it's like um they really go into kind of this idea that he fell in love with the lifestyle of it right that's what he is yeah he just like he didn't know another world it was like i wrestle i go to the bar I, you know, drink till 3 a.m., right. and then I wake up and do it all again the next day, right. and that was just like, he had such a hard time letting that go. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I I just thought it was like, if you haven't seen it, it's definitely worth watching. No, I got to check it out. But it's... But uh, well, by
1: the way, I have, a res- I have respect for that guy. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I think it's... Yeah. Re- regardless of whether or not you agree with his lifestyle, mm-hmm. but it... So, many years ago, I worked in this office building where we had a... Uh, a security guard, right? And nice guy. And on the weekend maybe I saw him one weekend and he had tape on his glasses and he's mm-hmm. sort of a you know, I mean he's a real nice guy. And let's say at the time he was in his forties. And I said, Hey, Mike, what uh you seem like a pretty smart guy. I mean, what, why do you uh why are you a security guard? I mean, which is not to say it's a bad thing to do. Yeah, so I heard, you. Right, yeah. Right. I said, Well why are you a security guard? Have you thought about going to school or you know, going back to school and going to community college or anything. And he just looked at me and he said, you, it's the motivation. I'm really not interested in doing anything else. Yeah. I said, you know what? Yeah. More power to you. Right. Exactly. (laughs) You know,
0: that's one of the things. So when we go to consult with the Good Athlete Project, we don't go in and say, this is what's right and what you have to do. We say like, what are you up to? What are your goals? Like, Like what we can do is we can... We can analyze that. We can tell you if your behavior is matching your goal. How's it going, by the way? Are, it's I going mean, pretty well. Yeah.
1: Yeah. People are positive about the Good Athlete Project. Dude, oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Like, overwhelmingly so.
0: Yeah. I, th- I think I told you this. Like, when I came up with the idea, and I'm not going to take credit for this because it was mostly Rick Weisbord who we've had on the podcast before, right. great guy. Um, he was one of my professors, and, and uh, he was, you know, we, we're like, we didn't invent character education and athletics, right. but we identified some ways in which we thought it wasn't being fully optimized, you know, like ways that we could do it better. We're not going to be the only voice in this conversation, right. but we might some someday down the line, at least this was the hope, yeah. be the most powerful and effective one. Right. For real, that's the hope. Um, that's awesome. Now, and and like, but I also, but we also went into it in that same breath. We said, like, it's possible this is not going to work. And that's why I didn't, this is like, you know, this, the pains of this, that I was like, that's why I fueled the thing with my credit card for the first year or so. Cause I was like, like, if this doesn't work, it's going to fall on me. I'm not going to take other people's, you know, uh, money and then just like, let it go away. I say all that. You can never work in real estate. What's that? I know know. You got to take everybody's money. Yeah. I know. And I've said that. Well, and we've crossed that bridge. We crossed that bridge, but that was, that was it. It was like. Um, we're going to do this in a way that works. And, and the way that it works is like this. It's, uh, well, I'm not going to tell you what to do. We're going to find out what you want. And then we will find out what your context-specific barriers are. And we're going to, you know, just like a, a Bain or McKinsey would consult a business, that's what we can do with you. Right. right? But uh, um, the, what, this is all going back to your point, which was um, there's actually a guy at the school that we both worked at. The guy, he graduated from Brown. And he did very well there. He didn't just sure. like scoot through and he, he just works. He's, uh, he works on a gator and mowing lawns at the school sure. and just genuinely enjoys that life. That's the pace that he wants. Right. You know, with an Ivy League degree behind him and it's like, there's nothing wrong with that. Played in, football at Brown. Yeah. Okay. So, it, I mean, and so he's tapped into that whole network of, you know,
1: people. It's he so could wild, do whatever. Right.
0: Yeah. I mean, but at some point,
1: you got to know who you are.
0: That's right. That's right. hard. And that's hard. That part is hard. I think
1: Do you think that's really who he is, by the way?
0: Um I think it's if it's not this, it's close. Yeah. He's that kind of guy. It's
1: just so wild though to think a guy would go to Brown Mm -hmm. and play football. Yeah. Just the commitment that it takes to go to Brown, Mm -hmm. graduate and play football and then say, you know what? I'm gonna
0: Or maybe that's why. Maybe that's why he said, I'd like this other right. pace now. Maybe You never know. We talk about that a lot. We actually, so we were down, this is, we'll kind of use this as a, as a time to update you a little bit yeah. you, on some of the stuff we've done. We just got the results back from a, an ACT prep, a college, yeah. we're, we're working on some college access stuff with lost boys on the South side of Chicago. And even though it, we, first of all, it was successful. It was right. really cool. We moved scores 3.3 points. Oh, wow. Um, wow. And in, in far less than ideal circumstances, timelines. I mean, because that's
1: what he, what's the highest score you can, you can get? 36 is the perfect okay, score. So that's great.
0: Yeah. It, I mean, it was, it, it, right. we're talking about potentially opening up the door for people. Right. But then the question becomes okay, this is not just a, we can't just move the score. Because it, is it really college access that we're talking about? That's one part of the discussion. But it's like college success, not access. But you know what I mean? We want to get people to college, but then also help them. Thrive there, and I say all that to say we know a lot of a lot of young ambitious people are so freaking burnt out with AP classes and everything. By the time they get to an Ivy League caliber institution or a Northwestern or something, right, right. you know, like they're toast. Yeah, we have we have kids coming from the school that we worked at yeah. who who get into sophomore year and they're like, this is enough, which is kind of sad. They get they do all that work, they take all the extracurriculars, you know, all those clubs. Get into the school of their dreams, really, it's their parents' dreams, right. In a lot of ways. Um, and then by sophomore year, they're they've had enough.
1: Well, that actually makes total sense mm-hmm. to me, yeah. Because you know, when you as you talk about it, uh, I remember a few years ago, this parent of a child who went to a very good high school, yeah, asked me about what he thought what I thought about his kid's chances to get into a school. Yes. And I said, I know this "Mm kid. I said, no, I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't think he's going to get in. Mm -hmm. And he said, Oh yeah. You know, kind of like bowed up on me. Like why? And I said, listen, man, I'm not an admissions director, but here's what I know. Where do you live? All right. So you live in this relatively fluent part of the world. Yeah. What do I know about your kid? Without even knowing your kid, I know that you probably spent $25,000 on an ACT prep course. Right? I mean, I'm just throwing yeah, numbers yeah, out I, there. Right, I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I have no idea. I said, and he probably goes to Mathnasium or he has a tutor and he's taken the ACT 18 times. Right. And uh, so what? He has a three seven, and it's a good high school. Yeah. And you got to check all the boxes. It's like, he's not going to get in. Yeah. because I'm looking at that and I'm just thinking he's a product of the system. He's a system quarterback yeah <laughs> Is that right that's and, such a
0: good way to look at it. you know it. I never and, thought about that by the way right. nothing
1: wrong with system quarterbacks because it's good for the system. It
0: will help you win that game you win that game but, but once you, know, you get outside of that game you're in trouble right that's 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 a big question. It's like what are you prepping people for if you take the ACT 18 times you're prepping them for the ACT not how to think critically and and be creative and work with people. Yeah, that's really yeah. interesting way. I like that.
1: System so, quarterback. So, system quarterback, man. So, you know, I would rather see a kid from a place that you wouldn't expect it, who was close, mm-hmm. but not as good. Mm-hmm. And I, I would take that kid all day long. Yeah. All day long. Because let me tell you something. The system quarterback, he's not getting a job when he goes to college or she goes to college. Yeah. He's just taking his 12 hours and, you know. Doing what he needs to do, like mm-hmm. these are people that do what they need to do, mm-hmm. which is a big difference than you know trying to make it happen.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, it's so,
2: true. It's, you know you've seen that a lot. Oh yeah, think? it's just it's interesting bringing up all these things, especially because admission standards and that whole topic yeah. have been in the news recently. I, I we cut up this, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We may cut this, but uh. Go on. Like, I've seen the group that holds speak, a sign really. that said... Uh, well, there was a, a, group, of a group of Asian students... A group of Asians. <laughs> that brought a, Sorry, I don't,
1: I'm not laughing, but I'm laughing. That's uh, right. That's there's right. a group of Asian
2: students that actually filed a lawsuit right. against Harvard. Right. Because they said that they were being discriminated against mm-hmm. because they were admitting less and less Asian students because the Asian student scores essentially right. were so high that they were saying, okay, we're only going to take the best of the best in this group. And everybody else in that group was saying... Well, what the heck? I have the scores to get in. I have all the things. I've checked all the boxes. The only box that I haven't checked is, well, the box that I have checked, I guess, that is knocking me is my ethnicity. And again, I mean, not again, but who who knows if that's actually true? Because again, it's just a lawsuit. This is a claim against them. But I think it is an interesting thing to kind of look at where it's like, the the system quarterback. You're right. Like you don't. You know the kid took the ACT 18 times. Like works know, like a dog. Yeah. I mean, they, got the scores to get in. Um, but I don't know. It also seems so. So I, I'll
0: I'll I think we should keep this in. Yeah. Because I would say like say it is true. Is there anything wrong with that? And because I, I would say this, I think thinking of college as something that you get the scores to get into and it's a done deal is a mistake. You know what I mean? It's not like it's a code to a lock.
1: Well, but you know it gets I mean? you in. It gets you considered. Yeah, del- it a definitely lot, does. But it gets you, puts you at the front of the... A
0: hundred, it puts you in the front right, line, for sure. Right. But they don't have to take you. And and a, a good example is Nutrier. It's a similar... I'll take, I'll take... Just to take race out of the conversation right. because yeah. that adds a new dimension to it, for sure. Um, but, like, there's... Like, the first decile at this high-achieving school, yeah. like, every one of the kids on paper checks those boxes in the first decile. Probably. Right, right, right. Right. But, like, you cannot have, Dartmouth can't have 200 new true kids. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Because, like, because there's all these other questions of access start to turn, right. to opportunity, opportunity matters. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, and then the other thing is, like, our college is obliged. Like, like I said, it's not like you check a box, okay, you're in. You did it, Check. you move right. them on, move them on, just like a football but team. Like, you get a certain amount of tackles. That doesn't get you into the school. It no. might get you looked at, but no. maybe you don't need a linebacker. Right,
1: right. But, yeah. By the way, does that look like Steven Seagal? I he mean, bit, like, yes, uh, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I never thought about that. Steven yeah, Seagal holding his face. <laughs> 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 but, uh no,
0: how, do we, how do we seamlessly weave that into the podcast? We'll throw, we'll throw <laughs> it on the show notes. Yeah, I mean, there's a painting there's, in the apartment.
1: It looks like you're, you're Steven Seagal era. Hey, <laughs> by the way, you know what I'd like you guys to do? You know, What's when that? you talk about you increase the test scores? Mm-hmm. I would like you to... Start coaching up your
0: kid right now? No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it'll be fine. I mean, yeah. he's got...
1: But uh, I want you to go coach up a Spelling Bee winner... Because you know, I feel like when I see this thing on ESPN, and I, I mean clearly there are a couple ethnic groups that give a care a whole lot about fucking spelling words, mm-hmm. and you know, yeah, and people think that you're smarter because you can spell a word,
0: yeah, right. It's <laughs> so, true. It's I, it's really right? interesting. So yeah. you
1: know, why don't you guys get me a get me a guy on the national stage. From the South Side. Okay. Just for fun. I mean, I just, just like... <laughs> I mean, just for fun. How do you feel about this? Because <laughs> I've never...
2: I mean, it is... It, done. It, it brings... Yeah, I, it <laughs> certainly brings up an interesting point. I it think.
1: actually does, yeah. I yeah. mean, because you know where all those kids are playing. All those kids are playing. Oh, yeah. ...to Harvard. Mm-hmm. And they're all in the... the top. And, and you know what they do night? They sit around and they look at words and spell them. I mean, not that it's no not a skill, but... Yeah,
0: it is a skill. Well, the word skill on its own brings an interesting dimension to the conversation. You could talk about whether IQ is an effective measure of intelligence. And if you could and believe that it is, (laughs) it's different than a skill. Mm -hmm. In theory, we could all memorize pi out to 100 digits. I don't think it's beyond our capacity. You just have to sit and look at pi for a long, long time and develop systems within that. Like there is a skill like you hear all these You've heard the stories about the Spelling Bee Champions. Yeah. I mean, they're at the dinner table going on flashcards, and right. like the, you know, they're just batting the, the language ball back and forth. It's it's learnable. I'm not saying I'm those are super smart, dedicated kids. I'm not taking yeah. away from them. But they're doing that.
1: This is right? what they do. That's what they do. This is what they do. Yeah. But I don't know. So it'd be fun. All right. I mean, not that it would prove anything, but it'd
0: be it would make headlines. Th- yeah. That's all we're after. So we'll Clickbait. Clickbait. <laughs> Alex, yes. how how good are you at spelling?
2: Maybe we got our pan- pretty good. Are you? Grab a word while I'm grabbing water.
1: farrago I just learned this word.
2: farrago Alex. It has to be English.
1: That's actually. That's been en- Englishized. Eng- that's an Eng- no no no. That's an English word. farrago from England. Okay. Uh, it's. Of noun, okay, and it's a derivative from the Latin name for spelt. I'm telling you, it's a word, and the reason why Farago. I was watching some show the other day, yeah, and uh, <laughs> I watched these British mysteries because I just think they're fun, and uh, yeah, I like it. And uh, this guy said he used the word farrago, and it's like, what?
0: In what context? How do you, how does that come oh, up in conversation? Like,
1: like, I, I'll give you the exact. Uh, Tell me. I'll give, I'll give you the uh, exact quote, just because I think it's...
0: I tripped on a Farrago.
1: No, no. I'm going to use it in uh, in context, I think. Let's it. All right. What's the word? Farrago? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you just go look it up? No. All right. Uh, no, uh, so let me... Oh. Are you so, using
2: it in a sentence? Because yeah, that I'm, was my next country of
1: origin. I'm going to use it in the... Uh... So this there is going to be good. Which one is good. it? Which shows this? Endeavour. I accidentally truths and half baked innuendo. Okay, here it is. Did you threaten her? I refute the allegation utterly. As I do her previous Farrago printed untruths and half baked innuendo. There it is. I refute her allegations, starly. As I redo As, as I, I refuse yes, right? Her as I refute her previous Farago. Farago and half baked
0: innuendo. Yeah. What is it?
1: What's the country of origin?
2: Have we figured that out yet? <laughs> Great Britain. It's
0: yeah? La- it's uh, it's Latin. is the. It's original. got a Latin...
1: Yeah. I mean... Mm. A Latin root, but Farago. But you actually might be able to spell this. F-E-R-R-A-G-O? You went with F-E-R-R-A-G-O? Yeah. Alex? I would say
2: F-I-R-R-A-G-O.
1: F-A-R-R-A-G-O. Really? Farago. And it means hodgepodge. Huh. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> Not how I use it, but... <laughs> Right. So there hodgepodge. you go. It means a hodgepodge, Farrago. So I don't know. I've been trying to figure out how I'm going to use that in conversation this week. But Farago? I like it. Well, it, it entered this conversation. So sure. We just have a Farago of ideas <laughs> <Yeah>. floating <laughs> yeah, around. There is.
0: Can we call this episode the podcast Farrago? <laughs> Farago. We
1: could. Right. But that's right, though. See? No, no, no. You're
2: right. What, you, what is your thoughts on. NCAA players getting paid in some way.
1: Yeah. I actually think um, that the NCAA would be better off if there was no television contracts, if everyone played some version of D3 football, like you went back to University of Chicago era, yeah. mm-hmm. because there is no way that you can properly compensate these guys. All right. Each Big Ten team makes north of twenty million dollars a year. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and that was years ago. So I don't even know what they're making now for yeah. their television contract. Yeah. When yeah. I mean, CBS pays three billion dollars for the, that's a lot of money. Who's getting that? I mean, you're paying an athletic director two million dollars. I mean, right. I get yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, but what? All right, it's a fundraising job, right? So, uh, I think that number one, if there is a where, an equitable way for the kids to get paid. I say pay them because I think it's total horseshit that you can go, you can watch Alabama play Georgia in the national title game. And people are like, Hugh, and I'll bring a little race in this. Say, Hugh, yeah. did you watch the national title game? I said, No. I said, Why not? And I said, Well, look, let's think about this. The two head coaches combined, their salaries are about $20 million a year, plus or minus, right? Yeah. Is that right?
2: It's about, it's about uh, closer to 10 but yeah. Okay. But
1: yeah. Lots of so, millions. of Many millions of dollars. So let's say $10 million. Yeah. Each of their coaches, their offensive coordinator, defense coordinator, those guys are earning a million dollars a year in the SEC. Yeah, oh yeah. Very close to it, right? Yeah. yeah. So you look at these guys that are highly paid. Then you take a look at the stands, and you see that 98% of the, stands and the people in the stands are white, right? Then you take a look on the field, and you say 85% of the players are hmm. black. I mean, it's just... And by the way, I might be skewed because of my own racial interpretation of the You're only facts, saying things right? that are but, true. Wait, yeah. And then you take a look at Alabama's graduation rate and Georgia's graduation rate. And it's not 100%. It's not 90%. It's not 75%. I mean, it's actually lower than sort of the general population. Is of it? the. I And a lot of schools are like this. You know, they're not... And then, then when you take a look at the the graduation rate of the black males, it's not great, right? So I'm like, why are we paying these guys all this money? Mm. What are we paying them all this money for? Right. And and then and then people want to talk about. I, I just get really pissed off about this because I hear people talk about, well, these kids need to value their education, and and I said, do you guys understand that? Like that kid is nineteen, and right. A 19-year-old guy is generally a stupid guy. And the people who <laughs> are fair statement and, and to the pe- yeah. and the people yeah. who are making this comment are yeah. 35, 40 years old and they act like they never went to college, right? Right? right. And if half the shit they did people knew about, Mhm. they would,
2: you know, no less right. Right? right? And
1: so and then they want to act like it's such a great thing. I mean, I think it's I think it's a terrible. And by the way, I played football in college, yeah. right? Yeah. but unless guys, let's this holier-than-thou thing that we place mm. on college sports. That that's not to cut you out, but
0: that's what bothers me more than anything else. Is yeah. like the they should value their education. That's a nonsense line. Yeah, right, nonsense. My you could start to say, well, what is the value of receiving the education? Right. You could start to actually talk about it, but saying like, well, those guys should value their education. Now yeah. you're assigning things that don't. E- that's that's. That's bogus. And sadly, I think that is what it, it's like. Why don't these guys appreciate? Yeah. The, this? You know, I didn't yeah.
1: appreciate it. Even you, you go to a small school and the head coach is earning $250,000 a year. And yeah. like, that's a lot of money. Right. Yeah. yeah, And he puts food on the table based on whether or not that wide receiver catches that pass. Yeah. Not based on whether or not he gets a passing grade in chemistry.
0: Exactly right. Right. So, right. You know, does that guy go on to get a job and, and support a family and, and live the life right. that he was hoping for? Right.
1: Irrelevant. Irrelevant. Yeah. That's total yeah. bullshit. Yeah.
2: And I thought that was – that brings up another interesting point. You talk about the the success of the players having a legitimate financial incentive for the coaches. Um I think the figure, and I don't want to misquote this, so I'll just say, sure. like, Loyola University of Chicago made the Final Four this year yeah. in basketball, and their head coach got a bonus for it from right. the NCAA. The NCAA gives these coaches a certain amount of money for making it to a certain round.
1: Right. Oh wow, I didn't know that. You know how much players got? Yeah. Zero. Who
2: They got none of that, and and that's not like again, it's a it's a deeper issue than just that, but at the same time. I think if you if you also look at the other circumstances, it's like, what do the players get? So if you go to one of these tournaments, I was speaking with uh, somebody that had played at um, I forget where they, they were talking about their experience being right. in a big time tournament. And right. they were like, well, what happens is, you know, all these sponsors, like they get all these gifts, they get like right. Bose wireless headphones and like TVs and right. stuff like that. And they, you have like a certain amount of points and you go into right. this room and collect all this stuff. But then like. They also can't sell that stuff, right? Yeah. Like you can't turn around and then say, "Hey, these headphones that I earned through my performance, like I don't need these headphones, right. so I'm mm-hmm. going to go sell them to somebody right. and have a little yeah, bit of spending money." I wore a money. Pair You've, of Bose headphones to the game. Yeah, it's like I had them on the plane with me. You can't, know, yeah. you, you can't do that. If you do that, guess what? That was the Terrell Pryor thing, right? That was the tattoos for jerseys thing. Oh god! But yeah. this, this is just saying this is a hypothetical. More sure, like sure, sure. if a kid wanted to turn around, like look at Oregon. Oregon has a different jersey for every single game that they right. play. Every right. single one. Right. So what, thirteen different jersey combinations? Right. And people are buying those jerseys in the pro shop or right. the, quote in in quotes. The pro shop. shop. Yeah, the yeah, amateur yeah, shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, the kids obviously yeah, the right. kids obviously get zero dollars from that. They don't yeah. get any redistribution of if their jersey is sold. Right. But then on top of it, if the kid like if you're in week ten and you wanna sell your jersey from week one and a lot of these kids are coming from backgrounds where they don't always have the 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 like um the benefit of like, oh hey mom and dad, I'm short on money. Can you send me some money so I can eat and stuff like right. that? It's like that seems like a reasonable thing, right? That a kid would say, I don't need this jersey. I have 10 other ones. Right. Let me go sell this for some spending money. And they can't do that. It's sacred. It's so sacred. Yeah. And that, that part is just bothersome to me because it's like, like everybody around them that's above this line can benefit
1: from their play. By the way, everybody around them not only benefits, but they enjoy it can mm-hmm. afford it people mm-hmm. that go to a college yeah. football game now yeah, i mean yeah. yeah you know it's not 20 bucks a ticket no that's right a,
0: the, the day it, is a few hundred bucks right. easy yes. yeah so
1: it's uh it's a joke
0: i yeah it, it becomes really tricky because i would say i think the logistics of it are nearly impossible so i would almost if anything probably err on that side of it like maybe we just take the money out of it almost completely. And get back to the purity of the game, I would love that, to be totally honest. Um, but I don't like the idea of paying players, I will say that. Yeah. I like the well, how idea
1: do you, how do you cause how do you pay the guy that plays at Nevada Reno Right versus That's exactly, for this, the, guy the Alabama that, guy right. versus the Alabama and, guy. And,
0: and and the starting quarterback versus the fourth string guy. Right. Can you, does his you experience do and his sacrifice any less valuable yeah. because he scored less points? You know, it's just, it's impossible, I think. I, if there were to go along, I, I mean, I could certainly, we're not going to like, we could come up with a thousand sure. different variations of how that could be redistributed. I think um, it actually goes back to the happiness study that we've cited a few times. Do you remember this? The like, if you have, if your average household income is above a certain amount of dollars, the 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 increments above that make you no less happy, right? You mean so it's no like more happy. no more happy. Uh, right. Yes, either, but yes, you're right. I miss right. Me. But it's like, so, and I think the number is like seventy five thousand or something like that. Seventy five thousand essentially says I, I can pay my bills. I don't have to worry about like my right. safety. I don't have to worry like I these boxes are checked. The rest of this is kind of icing right. on the cake. At least or, or so it would suggest, to me if there's any sort of redistribution of the wealth that's brought in through NCAA football, let's just use it as, as an example. It's like, I think it's like, take care of your guys. The, the stuff that's really troubling to me is the guys that are like on freaking ramen noodles. You know what I mean? They can't eat, they, you know, they don't have the stipends that they're getting are mm. so low that they can't even go out into town and, and get dinner half the time. Uh, I think if you bump the the average, just kind of base living costs, like yeah. the, the cover the books, sure. cover tuition... And a base like living cost, uh, that would solve a lot of problems. You get people past their comfort level, and you're no longer in those dire straits where it's like, you know, do I sell my jersey? Huh. Yeah, know? but yeah. now,
1: but now you now you're talking about. I get it, but so now you're look at look at the landscape of all the football players, and say you pick a number, Say it's five thousand dollars a year. You want to increase yeah. increases by? Mm-hmm. That's a phenomenal amount of money. Yeah. I mean, then, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and who's? I think we should just get rid of it. I mean,
0: again, if we, if I had the choice, I would say yeah. yeah. And, but and we can and, and we won't. You can't. What? You won't. No. And it's honestly, it's gonna keep going the other direction. If anything, I
1: right. don't know, man. I I think that uh, so. Uh, my brother has a son. My nephew is a very good little athlete. Yeah. And my brother, this brother, played football in college. Yeah. And he goes to a. Junior high school. That's, you know, a pretty in you know, a, really good suburb, really good school district. Yeah. And they are, cutting. Football. Yeah. Youth football. For seventh, sixth, seventh, eighth graders. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like
0: the junior high. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So they're all going to play flag. Yeah. Oh, uh, I mean, and by the way, this is not. I mean, this is a suburb that we all know. Yeah. And they've had football powers, and huh. it's a. You know, a well-off yeah. suburb, right? Yeah. And so this is on the table. Mm-hmm. And you know, uh, so what happens when you do that? Right. So now you have a bunch of kids playing flag football. How many of these kids are going to really want to play football by the time it comes around to Yeah. playing football? And by the way, every one of these kids has a parent of some sort, right, that has a figure that watches the television mm-hmm. and hears about guys committing suicide. Yeah. hears about guys, uh, you know, losing all their money. Hears yeah. about guys who are debilitated by potentially CTE. Yeah. So we,
0: we just talked about this. I, first of all, I agree with you. I think it's in an interesting spot football, but I think the absolute necessary component of the discussion that needs you brought up is that it's not football. And today, yeah, it, uh, it, I'm not saying it's not football, right? It could be football. It's not just football. I think we need to look at things accurately and ask ourselves: What are we for? What are we against? Are we against football because it's too barbaric? Okay, that's one camp, I guess. Right. I'm not. Uh, are we uh, are we against football because it like potentially causes lifelong like right. issues? That's something I want to look at. Right. You know what I mean? And I think. But how I many think times have just, you been knocked out? Like knocked out, knocked yeah. out. Yeah. I've been really. I feel pretty lucky. I've never been. How many surgeries have you had? Had my nose put back in place, uh, but that's about it. See, I've been knocked out
1: three times, and yeah. I've had four surgeries, right? Okay. So we're coming at it. From that affects different. absolutely. So we're coming that's at it from three. different. Yeah, and when totally. I say knocked out, like you know, my parents were watching a national TV game, and I got up and collapsed, right? And yeah. then, well, and then I practiced the next day, right? Because oh, we had Sunday yeah, yeah. practices, because right? So yeah, the uh, so totally different era, and totally. things now are are different. But I just don't think that you can. I think that our bodies are really not... First of all, our bodies aren't designed to do most sports that we play. I mean, pitchers have surgeries on their ankles oh, when they're yeah, done, yeah, yeah. right? They, yeah, sure, sure. But in uh, and, and, and the way I feel about football, because it's such a part of the cultural zeitgeist in America, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's there. It's there, yeah. yeah I feel like football is going to become a sport of the underclass. Hmm. And the underclass is heavily... Weighted towards, my, you know, it's an economic mm-hmm. issue. What the underclass is, and you know, a good portion of people in the underclass are blacks and browns. I
0: hear what you're saying, and, I, you and so for me, yeah.
1: and by the way, and I'm, a, I grew up as a huge football fan, and yeah. I love football, and I, I love my teammates, and I yeah. love playing. And I think there's, there's nothing like it. Yeah. But until people, you know, just start evaluating it on a few different planes, mm-hmm. I'm just. I'm kind of not. I'm with you. I'm kind of not a football guy, but I, you know. Yeah. I, These are. This is fair. So here's why
0: I think it's so fair. Because when it goes wrong, it's like really scary wrong. Right. Uh, but when it go, when it goes right, or more importantly, when nothing happens, it just doesn't make the news. We were just talking about the Boston University study. Right. You. We've talked about this, like Boston University study, and I should have looked up the exact numbers, but right. I, I think it was like 110 brains ish. Yeah. And like high 90% had CTE. Right. Okay. But no other science has done that way. And even I'll give credit to Boston University. I don't think they were trying to make a claim that said 90% of football players have CTE. Sure. It, because it was like this, you know this, it was a self-selected it's study. Self-selection and correlation
1: doesn't. yeah? And, that is. It's and, not a causal study. Right. Yeah, no, yeah, no question. You and can't. they weren't
0: trying to use it as that either. But the headline said that. The headline said ninety-seven percent of football players yeah. in this study had CTE. They didn't mention that it was ninety-seven percent of post-NFL players who were symptomatic, sure. so much so that they donated their brains to this. Well, thing. Because they wanted to prove yeah. it that they had CTE. Exactly I get right. it. Yeah. So,
1: okay.
0: Let's see. New study of one hundred eleven. So pretty close. Yeah, it's crazy. Ninety-seven. Um, yeah. Totally. But again, it's it's um and it's one of these. This is to me. This is yes, this is serious. Yes, it's real. Yes, we need to keep looking. But it's also not um, Soccer, predicting the outcome. They got a lot of, That's right. Lot Dude, there was of baseball. Hockey. There was baseball. There was a baseball no. player in that same study that had CTE. Yeah, just baseball. You. It's no crazy. one associates that. Yeah, yeah. And and there's actually this. I don't know if this is true or not. I will not say this in any absolute way. But there are there is a theory out there that. Maybe a lot more people have CTE than we think, right? Maybe it maybe it is a. It's like Alzheimer's or something. Yeah. It, well, well, it is in so right. many ways. It's dementia, or Alzheimer's. It's distinguishable by a, the the way. It's this very specific spindle of tau protein. It's, you can see it, but you
1: have to like look for I mean, it symptomatically. I agree so. with. By the way, I agree yeah. with. I don't disagree with anything that you've said. I mean, I actually. Fair. I think no, no. I mean, yeah. I believe that's all reasonable stuff. The one thing that, and maybe this is the one thing that I hang my head on with football is that, you know, 11, something like 10 or 11 kids die every year in mm-hmm. high school. You've told me this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I just don't, I just don't, you. I just, and, and I'm I, with you. If I had a kid and he was playing defense, every time he make, made a tackle, I would just be like, yeah. I would, and by the way, now that I have a son, every time I made, he made a tackle, I would cringe Yeah. and I would just be like, dude, there's yeah. no, there's just no need for that.
0: Yeah. I am with you. I, I it is a really it's a really difficult thing. Get a golf club. I'm with you. Well, so so I'll say this and and I think Get a basketball. with all I'm with you. That was really good. Thanks. I don't know how you didn't make it further with basketball. Yeah. That was excellent. Yeah, that was but awesome. I will also say this. <laughs> may, and maybe this is not true cuz yeah. you know, but okay, how about this? You told us once a story about a guy who was in the locker room with you. You were a freshman, I think. Oh, he, yeah, was yeah, yeah. Way, he was a senior. By the way, he was like he
1: was like the Tim Tebow of our team. I was mean, he? No, no, no. When I tell you this, like, this guy was devout Christian. Yeah. He, uh, he played the piano in his room. I like the fucking piano, like yeah. playing Beethoven in yeah. his room, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he. Super intense on game of super day. Super intense. I mean, ran everything hard. Like, he yeah. was that guy where you're yeah. like, oh, my God, I'd like, yeah. I want 97 of I'm these guys. I right, want right, 97 right, of them. Right. No, it's true. Um,
0: Sorry, I didn't uh, mean No, that. it's you know, good. You're, 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 I don't go know well, yeah. <laughs> where was I going
1: with this. The Tim Tebow of Northwestern. Well, that
0: was, I think, your point. Where was I going with this? No, no, no.
1: no. I, who the hell knows? But the point was when I told you that story about him, just like, listen, man, we're all different and you gotta get prepared the way Oh, you, this, yeah. I remember I remember what it was yeah. now. Okay. So here's what it was.
0: That guy was like practically frothing at the mouth. Right. So intense four games. Right. I'm all for the idea that um okay, let's direct people to healthy lifestyles and right. health, that would yield healthy outcomes. Right. But what if the freaking the what if the this is a real thing? What if like the animal that we have inside us, especially right. in our like late teenage years and whatever. Right. What if that itch is not being scratched on the golf course? You know what I mean? I think there is there's is something that we get that glosses over because sometimes it sounds too heavy to really confront, but like a 20 uh, 16, 17, whatever through 24, right, right. whatever it is, that big, strong human being who has a little bit of, you know, like hormonally is moving toward the, the animal side of the spectrum in certain places. Where does that person lacrosse. get that out? Lacrosse. People get concussed in lacrosse yeah, I all the time. I Look, <laughs> all I don't, the time. I you like, know what I'm saying? Though? I'm at, not disagreeing
1: with you I'm, at all. And I'm not disagreeing with at you. At all. I Not just,
0: I, I, it is, just like the NCAA thing, I, I wonder what the solution is. I just want my kid to
1: get on a team. And being a team sport, one that I feel like maybe they won't, uh, you know. Hurt themselves. Get hurt That's too, too, That's too badly. And I just want, I just think the thing that most people have never done, most people. Because even when you go to high school, I mean, how many people are, it's the same hundred guys who play try out for the basketball team or the guys that are... Yeah, I mean, I'm just... Yeah, guessing. You the guys major know, sports. Sure, the, I know you know, the saying. major sport guys. Yeah, they're the yeah. major sport guys, yeah. right? Yeah. And so, you know, school of 4,000, they got 3,500 people that aren't playing sports. Mm. Yeah, right? depending on the school, Depending course, on the school. Yeah, yeah. But the point is, I just want my guy to compete yeah. and learn to, like, depend on some people and learn to win mm-hmm. and... Learn to lose. Yeah, that's it.
2: Well, that's. I think that's the thing that gets left out of the discussion so often is the experience of it all. Um, And obviously, we we are talking about two different things. You're talking about, uh, you know, like the the benefits that you get from playing a team sport may not necessarily outweigh the risks in playing said sport. But like, I don't know. I just feel like there is something to be said about the experiences that like the experiences that come along with doing dangerous shit sometimes uh, you know uh, what i mean like no I, I it's just like i think that's a part of us too we have that like like the you hear the term adrenaline junkie and right. that's like a real thing like people like that well, and you learn a lot about yourself
1: in dangerous situations oh, no question what's the number one killer of high school boys in america
2: i would say
0: uh I'm, driving I, I was gonna say car crashes yeah sort
1: of a they've kind of lumped this into a general lack of maturity right okay so yeah. when you see guys so yeah part of it is like crazy driving mm-hmm. or guys being towed on the side of a car or mm-hmm. someone it's kind of stupidity jumping yeah. off of a fucking yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah you know to try and land in the pool and they yeah. missed yeah. right so there is something to it. Yeah. I mean by the way, and you think about the things that we've all done. Yes. Yes. I remember I I'm, used to play I'm, this game when I was a little kid that I look at it today and I still I'm baffled that we didn't die. But so we lived on the street with a you know, our driveway at a hill. Yeah. And it was not it was sort of a busy street, kind of the main street coming into the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So my brothers and my friends and I would start at our garage and ride our bicycles down the hill with the goal of seeing who could come closest to the light post, hmm. and, <laughs> right, and making the turn, right, yeah. you know, because, like, we were, yeah. we are like, playing chicken yeah. with a light post, right, that was right into the street, right. Right. <laughs> you know right. what I mean, right. and when I think about that, and I, I had a moped, and I would hang on to a uh, truck, yeah, yeah, and, we like, with my moped, skateboards. <laughs> 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 I was like, well, does that? Like, why would you do that? You know why? I don't know. Because you thought it was a reasonable thing to do. Yeah,
0: right?
2: Or you thought it, it might
1: be fun. You thought it might be fun, right? I you went know. I went skydiving. I it's the same
2: thing. Did you when did you go? I went uh three years ago. Oh, three years ago I went skydiving.
1: Cool. Yeah.
2: Uh not a lot of room for error. Mm-mm. No, because if you screw did you up, solo? No, no, no. Oh. I had someone with me. Um so I think a certain
0: amount of jumps before you
2: do stuff, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Or you sit through like a twelve hour course or something, uh, but I wasn't wasn't not for to do you. that. Not for you. No, no, no. Yeah. no not no, for no. the adrenaline jumps. Yeah. Um, I'm not characterizing myself as an adrenaline <laughs> junkie. I wanna make that very clear. Uh but yeah, I like it was one of the best experiences I've ever had. Yeah. And like you like come in, that close to the edge, and I'm not. And football's not that, right? Right. Like football's not is is not those things. But at the same time, like again, nowhere guess, can you be
1: that violent and intellectual about it, and mm-hmm. nowhere can you have a partner in crime right next to you who's mm-hmm. trying to do the exact yeah. same thing. Nothing like it, man. No, it's it's different. It's the sport. It's the sport I
0: love. I know. But it's true. And when I also I gotta add this too because I think here's another thing I think. Uh, kind of like what you were talking about before. I don't think it's gonna go. I don't think it'll change classes fully in the way that we were thinking. Yeah. I see what you're saying. I think there's definitely validity to that. But I think when football, I'm just we're just gonna hang on football for a second, I guess. But when it's done well, it is one of the most powerful lessons, like like it's the most powerful platforms for education that exists. And I'm talking about inclusion. I'm talking about the fact that you have a no cut score. You've got 80 kids. Uh, Again, with the asterisk, if it's done well. Right. uh, But, like, you know, we've got guys on teams that we've coached who will never see the field. But those guys, oh my God, I'm going to get choked up thinking about this. Because just over the years, how many, like, dads, you talk about having a kid. Yeah. How many dads have come back and be like, my kid, we're talking about my kid being alone in his room on Saturday nights for his lifetime. Right. until he started to become right. folded into yeah. this I believe atmosphere it. you I know believe what i mean I and the it. one time he gets on the field you know on senior night and like it's his dad, deal right? i mean and it, it, you ch- you can ch- you can change it's not quantifiable but it's but i think it's an absolute certainty that you can change the trajectory of someone's life no question if, if,
2: if that is if if that is done I, well i don't yeah i agree with you change mine there's no question about
1: that yeah hey man football is
2: I mean, I was I was a variation of one of those stories. Yeah. Uh <clears throat> Do you, you want know, Metallica I've, shirts? To no, not quite. I uh, I, I, <laughs> eyeliner was far too. Nothing expensive wrong with the. <laughs> 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 but I have an Nirvana shirt in my room. That like, okay. I I was uh, I was never the best player on the field, and I was never going to right. be unless everyone else had already left. But like, yeah. <laughs> I got. I, I played a little bit in uh, high school. In my last two years, I got mm-hmm. some playing time, not mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I decided to take my career to college, and it was the same took, thing. Took
1: your talents to college? Yeah, I took my yeah. talents to college,
2: where I kept that bench warm for three solid years. Yeah. Uh, and then my senior year, again, I got a little bit of playing time, and like, I. But again, I was never like the the playing time I got senior year. I think I I started. Three games and every there were I had a handful of games where I didn't even get in.. Right. I was standing there with my helmet the whole time on right. the sideline, but at the same time, like, I don't know. like i I have really good coaches, and they taught me a lot, and those lessons that I learned have made me able to do things that like I know a lot of other people wouldn't. i some people might characterize it as hard headed. Right. I've been called that before. Um, but at the same time, like, like it, it taught me not to give up. That right. was the biggest thing. And it, it, obviously that's not everybody's experience. I'm not right. saying that it's right. going to be everybody's experience and it probably, it, it definitely isn't. Right. Yeah. But I know for me, for a kid who was never going to get that much playing time, my name was never going to be in the paper. Right. Like I I learned that resiliency and I learned what it was like to like, I learned about failure in a positive way and I'm not sure it would have happened in other places yeah. because even like on a, on a team level like you know we weren't that good but on a personal level I worked my ass off right every off season right to to get playing time right and it didn't happen and I kept friggin doing it right and it, it's like sometimes I look back on it and I'm like why why did I do that and it was like I love the people I was around and I truly – and it was like – there was like that itch in me that like maybe if I do this, I'll finally get there and I'll finally get that playing time. And even though it didn't happen, I still have that part of me that's like, look, dude, like you work your ass off. You do everything that you can do to put yourself in a position to be successful and you're not always going to be. Right. But you're still going to end up in a better spot than you were. That's why
1: you guys do what you do. Yeah. And – that is the importance of what you do. And that and a lot of people don't understand that when they get into it, right? Mm-hmm. Cause it's just stars in their eyes, but there's right. nothing that beats it, man. I mean, yeah. there's yeah. absolute, and I just will go to my grave saying, I I used to always joke. I say, you know who I would always hire? I would always hire a walk-on because mm-hmm. I don't even yeah. understand what is going through a walk-on's head. We're gonna. gonna you're, are you?
2: Are can we get you to agree to come on more podcasts and just talk about news of the day with us? Oh yeah, as related yeah, to sports. You the last.
1: I love news it. of the day. I love news of the day. You're in. All right.
2: Thank you for sitting down with
1: us. Thank you for having me.
0: This week's episode is brought to you by Remind Recover. Remind Recover is a supplement that helps athletes support brain health. Similar to how you drink a protein shake to help your muscles recover after a workout, Remind Recover has been scientifically formulated to give you the nutritional building blocks to help support healthy brain function. I am a huge fan of Remind Recover. It is as close to the science as any supplement I've seen. And feel free to check out their website for more. It's remindrecover.com. And when you go there, if you want to place an order, and I recommend it, use the code GOODATHLETE for a discount on checkout.